But before we get into that, I've been working in student ministry now, our church for five years and another church for three years. And so I've got a lot of funny stories. So I just kind of wanted to start by sharing a few of those. Um, so my first church I worked at, uh, about a year in, we took a group of high school students to uh, somewhere in Tennessee, near the Appalachian Trail. And uh, I lost a high school kid on the Appalachian Trail for about six hours. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'd never forget, like, the sun is starting to go down, and we've been looking and looking and looking. And uh, he was a senior and, like, cocky and was like, oh, I can get home by myself. And before I knew it, he was gone. And then six hours later, we hadn't found him. And so we are like, oh, my gosh. I'm literally about to pull the phone out to call the parents. I'm like, well, there goes my, my career in ministry. I lost, lost a kid. Um, but we found him, and it was awesome. And uh, he thought he found us, and we were like, okay, you didn't. You, you didn't. Um, Another time here at, uh, here at our church, we took a bunch of students on a retreat down to Woodland Christian Camp, and uh, there was a, a Catholic group there as well, and, uh, and we didn't really interact with them at all, but they were staying in the cabins kind of across from us, and one night about 11 o'clock, we're all in the, in the cabin, and we look out, and there's this like group of high school students following like this Catholic priest, and they were like chanting, Sam, you remember this? Yeah, and uh, they were like chanting, and everybody in our cabin gets freaked out. Sam's like, this is why I don't go to camps. Like, this is, this is weird. <laughs> and, uh, and so they had never experienced that. And I'm just laughing because this is amazing. And, um, and so that was another favorite moment. Another favorite moment of mine, I told Carter I was going to share the story. But uh, Carter Dixon back there used to be a lot smaller um, when he was in middle school. And he always wanted to wrestle me. And back then I could handle it. And so um, I came to church one night for a um, night of worship. And I was downstairs doing something. He like, comes up and tackles me. The next thing I know, I, my pants have ripped from the inseam all the way down, and I got no change of clothes, and so uh, I hide in one of the kids' rooms with the lights off so no one knows I'm there until church is over, because I didn't want to walk around with a giant hole in my pants. Um, and so thanks, Carter, for that. Um, but there's also just been uh, so many good stories, uh, and uh, I wanted to share a few of these as well. Um, I'll never forget my first Easter Sunday at CCB. Uh, we baptized six kids from our student ministry, and we still have that hanging on the wall, and it's still, that day is written on there, and it's so cool to see um, the stories and just see those kids have grown up. Some of them are still here, and it's just um, just so great. Uh, another, we took a couple, a couple years ago, we took a group of students down to a safe house for, we call it the middle school mission week, and, uh, and I'll never forget, they had this thing as a part of the ministry where we would uh, offer socks to the homeless men as they came in, because a lot of homeless men need socks, but before they could get socks, they had to let us wash their feet, and so um, the leader of the, of the ministry came to me and said, do you think any of your students will wash these homeless men's feet? And I was like, I really don't think so. <laughs> uh, but I threw it out there, and a couple of our students raised their hand and said, I'll do it. And, uh, and it, like, I just remember looking out and two of these middle school students sitting there washing these strangers' feet, um, gloves on, of course, because uh, parents would have been upset if I hadn't done that. But uh, I, I mean, cried. I mean, I, I am a crier. I cry at like everything. Um, but I remember crying watching this, thinking this is so cool to see these kids get it and in such a simple way get what it means to serve um, and to love someone like Jesus. Um, and then last summer, not this, not the summer, the past summer, we went almost every week down to this uh, ministry called My Town, and we worked with these kids um, in this neighborhood, a very poor neighborhood in uh, North Buckhead, and uh, just played with them and hung out with them. And, uh, and the, the fact that our kids have never wanted to go to something 
as consistently as they did this. Like every week they were so excited and it was just so cool to see the heart that these students had for serving and for loving people. And man, um, I live for that. And I've just loved getting to see our high school students and middle school students uh, just be changed by the gospel and, uh, and get a chance to serve. So I wanted to open up with a few of those stories um, before we get into it. Um, and so now I have, a, I have a few funny pictures. Um, so I was thinking about this, this thing and kind of what the sermon was going to be. And, and the whole phrase leap of faith kept coming to my mind. But then I, I've worked in the church for a long time, and so I'm pretty cynical. And so immediately I was like, that's really stupid. Um, and so I Googled leap of faith, and I had a few pictures that came up. Um, so this one is a picture of a fish jumping out of a fishbowl, um, saying sometimes, this quote comes up a lot, sometimes your only available transportation is a leap of faith. Um, hashtag identity advantage. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, but this fish is, is jumping out of his water. I think he's going to die, but... Um, <laughs> But that, that's kind of cool. Next, next slide. Uh, this one, I don't really get it at all, um, but it was on there. This guy is flying, maybe, and then there's another guy. Is he in the Beatles, Derek? He looks like he'd be in the Beatles. I don't know. But uh, yeah, next slide. I think this is one of my favorite ones. There's a penguin. I, I, don't, I don't really understand this one at all either, but he's jumping off of something. I don't think penguins fly, but uh, again, sometimes you're only transportation is a leap of faith. And then the last slide. Uh, I don't think this is a leap of faith. I think she's just partying. And, uh, but uh, again, there's this <laughs> phrase. But uh, when I thought about this, this sermon, I just thought about that idea of uh, what does it mean to, to listen to God's call in our life? And what, is it, what does it mean to take a leap of faith? And not this cheesy sort of way that like, corporate America has probably taken over um, or, or, or the church, but, uh, but in a real sort of way. What does it mean to trust God? Um, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Uh, but I want to, before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit of my backstory. So I grew up here in um, south of Atlanta, small town. We had a Piggly Wiggly, and that was it. Um, it's still there. There's a Hardee's now and a Subway, so we've really moved up in the world. Um, but I moved to Atlanta to go to college because I wanted to go, to go into ministry. And I went to a place called Atlanta Christian College. And uh, I graduated and still not really sure what I wanted to do. And so I got this opportunity to move to Birmingham, England, to work with a campus ministry to help uh, kind of plant and get this campus ministry started. Uh, here's a picture of this, uh, our Canvas house. Our ministry was called Canvas. And we moved into this old church building. And did I put a picture in there of it? No, I don't think I did. So when we got there, literally, I get off the plane. I'm jet lagged. I've been flying all night. And I get there. And as soon as I walk in, they hand me a paintbrush. And they say, start painting. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, but we moved into this old church uh, that was just off of campus. And we sort of renovated it and uh, tried to make it a place for students at Birmingham, Birmingham University to come in there and to find community. And, uh, and so I spent the year of 2008-2009 there um, working with college students. And this thing sort of began from nothing. And at the end of the year, here's a picture um, of all of our students uh, that came through our ministry. And the cool thing is most of these students, uh, when we met them, were pretty hostile towards faith and church. And uh, uh, the numbers were, you know, I quoted the numbers a lot when I was support raising. But uh, the numbers were pretty crazy, like 2% of uh, college students profess any sort of faith at all. And so uh, every week, though, this, this group of about 75, 80 students came through our ministry and ate a free meal and heard us talk about Jesus. And um, it was just so amazing to see God work in the lives of these young people. And there's a guy I met named Ash. Uh, here's a picture of Ash. Uh, this is me and Ash on a mountain. 
I don't have like hiking clothes. I'm not a hiker, so those are blue jeans and a uh, pea coat. Um, I don't think that's what you're supposed to wear. But uh, Ash and I met the first day I got there. He said, hey, let's go get breakfast. And I said, okay. So we go get breakfast, and we sit down, and about five minutes into the conversation, he goes, all right, so I'm not a Christian. Am I going to hell? I was like, uh, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, but that's how, our, that's how I, I met Ash, and Ash was uh, an atheist. He called himself an atheist, and, uh, and, but really loved our ministry and came. And uh, over the course of the year, we became really close friends, and we read this book by Donald Miller. How many of you guys have ever heard of Donald Miller? Yeah, it's a book called Three Painted Deserts, and uh, it's about how Donald Miller and a friend of his went on this road trip to the Grand Canyon and how uh, he sort of had this big faith uh, awakening throughout this trip. And uh, we read this book together, and we always talked about how maybe one day he's going to come to the U.S. and, and we're going to go on this trip. And, uh, and so I came home, and he still was not a Christian, uh, but he still was hanging out at our ministry. And I get a phone call from him one day saying, hey, Kyle, I'm getting baptized. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Uh, because, like, you know, the, to see where this guy started from and where he was now uh, was amazing. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to come and we're going to do our road trip. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, take two weeks off work. And I was like, oh, that's easy, because that's, that's the thing we do. Um, <laughs> but he's like, take two weeks off work, and we're going to go. And so this is a picture of Ash and I. Um, uh, the next picture, yeah, that's us at the top of the Grand Canyon. I found that hat in the trash can. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. It was like hobo style wearing it down the, down the uh, Grand Canyon. But we hiked the Grand Canyon, and we did this amazing trip. And uh, and looking back, it's one of my favorite moments in ministry, getting to see this kid come from a place where he had no sort of understanding of faith and, uh, and then joining a community of people that cared and that loved him, and then over time sort of working that out and finding faith. And so I came out of England and I started working at a church, but there was always this bug in me to, to, to see that and to experience that, and I don't think it ever went away. Um, and so I've been, been now in student ministry for eight years, and, uh, and yet I, I still think about these students that I met in England, and, and it still it gets me excited. And my wife works in campus ministry, which is sort of funny, so I've been able to see her about it, experience that and, and say, man, that was awesome. Um, and so we, we talked about it, and we prayed this summer and sort of decided this is where God is calling us towards, and we're excited about it. Um, but I want to read a, a scripture I told you, this is kind of a weird sermon. It's not really much of a sermon, but there's a scripture, so maybe it's a sermon. Um, uh, it's in Hebrews chapter 11, and it's about this guy named Abraham. Uh, most of you guys have probably heard of Abraham, but Abraham, uh, in, in the beginning of Genesis 12, Abraham, it says that God told Abraham to leave his home and to go to Egypt. Um, it says, in chapter 12, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abram left. That's literally verse 4. And in those four words, or three words, there's so much power. Abram left. He didn't stop and say, wait, what do I need to do? He didn't make a plan. He didn't make a 5, 10, 20-year plan. He just left. Trusting that God had a plan for him and his life. And then in the, in the book of Hebrews, this is where we're going to focus. It says uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. But by faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, 
living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. How many of you guys have ever experienced this, where you feel like God has called you into something and you can't explain it all, and you can't dot all the I's and, and cross all the T's, but you know God is leading you towards that? I think we all have those moments. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're small, but we all have those moments where God is sort of nudging us, saying, go, go, go. And, and so that's a scary idea because it's safe where you are. It's safe where you're comfortable. But when I think about Abraham, the entire story of the Old Testament, the story of the people of Israel hangs on this action of Abraham to go. And if it wasn't for the fact that Abraham went who knows what would have happened with the people of Israel. And when I think about my story in ministry and our story as a people of God, sometimes God calls us to go, and if we don't go, we don't know what we might be missing and what others might be missing by us refusing to go. When I think about our church moving, right? I mean, we, we kind of had to go because they were going to knock down the building, um, and we didn't want to be in there when that happened. Um, but we had, to, we had to go, and sometimes God kind of pushes you that way, but our church left, right? And it's scary. It's been, you know, uh, it's been sort of a scary process as we move from one neighborhood to another. But as I look back over these last four months, five months, it's so cool to see what God has done in our church because we were willing to say, okay, let's go. We didn't have to, we, I mean, again, we, we kind of had to. But um, it's, uh, again, it's so cool to see what God has done in our church. And when I think about our students um, at our church, and I think about everybody in this room that I've gotten to know, God is going to call you to go one day. God is going to call you to leave and to do something with your life. And it's going to be easy to say no and stay where you are. But man, just think about what will happen if you go. Think about what will happen in your life if you say yes and you trust God. And so as I think about uh, the call of God in our, in our lives, um, in my life, in our church's life, in our students' life, in your life. I, I pray that you, you develop ears to hear what God might be saying to you. That you de- develop trust to, to believe it when God says go, and, and I'm going to be with you, and the courage to take the steps to go. There's not always answers around the corner, but the answers are in the fact that God is with us. And sometimes we may not see it, sometimes we may not understand it, or God is with us. Here's a quote I wanted to read from uh, that same book I told you about, this Donald Miller. It's kind of long. I've got the last line on the screen. He says, I'll tell you how the sun rose, a ribbon at a time. It's a living book, this life. It folds out in a many, million settings cast with a, beautiful, a billion beautiful characters and is almost over for you. It doesn't matter how old you are, it is coming to a close quickly, and soon the credits will roll, and all your friends will fold out of your funeral and drive back to their homes in cold and still and silence. They will make a fire and pour some wine and think about how you once were and feel a kind of sickness at the idea that you'll never again be. So soon you'll be in that part of the book where you're holding the bulk of the pages in your left hand and only a thin wisp of the story in your right. You will know by the page count, not by the narrative, that the author is wrapping things up. You'll begin to mourn its ending and want to pace yourself slowly towards its closure, knowing that the last lines will speak of something beautiful, of the end of something long and earned, and you hope the thing closes out like last breaths, like whispers about how much and who the characters have come to love, and how authentic the sentiments feel when they have earned a hundred pages of qualification. 
And so my prayer is that your story will have involved some leaving and some coming home, some summer and some winter, some roses blooming out like children in a play. I hope your story will be about changing, about getting something beautiful born inside of you, about learning to love a woman or a man, about learning to love a child, about moving yourself around water, around mountains, around friends, about learning to love others more than we love ourselves, about learning oneness as a way of understanding God. And there's a quote on the screen. We get one story, you and I, and one story alone. God has established the elements, the setting, and the climax, and the resolution. It'd be a crime not to venture out, wouldn't it? This is something I read years and years ago, and it still holds true to me today, that there are times in our life where God speaks and says, I need you to trust me. And, uh, and this story for me has been about that and about having to learn to listen to that and having to take, take the courage to say, okay, I'm going to go, and this is going to be a little crazy, and we have a baby on the way. Wait, what? We're going to do that now? You know? <laughs> um, but at some point, you have to say yes, because God is saying go. Um, and so we're not, we're not leaving our church. I said that last week. Um, but, but I believe that God is calling me and, and has already called my wife into this ministry, and we're so excited. And we're so excited to still be a part of our church and to see it grow and consider, uh, see it continue to uh, follow God's lead. And wherever you are in your life, um, whether it be a big thing or a small thing, I, I pray that you would learn to listen to God um, and to trust that when he calls us to take, take steps that you would go. Um, for our students in the room, there's, there's a few of them in here. Man, I hope you've learned that God loves you and that the, import, the most important thing in this life is that you know that Jesus loves you and that through Jesus we get to experience the fact that God loves us. John 17, 3 says, this is life eternal that they may know you. And I hope that over these last five years you've gotten to see that um, in each other and in your leaders. And I hope that you continue to see it as you get older. And I can't wait to see what you guys do in your life. Gosh, it's going to be awesome. You guys are going to rock. It's, it's going to be so cool. Um, and I've loved working with you guys, and I can't wait to see what God does. And for our church, again, I can't wait to see what God does in our church. We're going to be a part of it, sitting beside you. We are joking. We are like, can you just make fun of it now that you're not on staff? I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But just serving and loving and being with you um, at the same time, I can't wait to see. Uh, what God does for, with us. And, you know, it's going to be a little crazy. Derek and I were talking about this. And a couple weeks ago, he preached about how the church, to be the church, you have to be the church. And uh, I think I messed that up, something like that. Um, but uh, it takes a church to be the church. That's it. Um, and, uh, you know, as, uh, we've joked about how when you, when you hire someone full-time on staff, that immediately, like, everybody sort of says, okay, well, they've got it, you know. And, uh, and so as I transition out, um, I, I know that there's going to be some places that our church as a whole has got to come together and, and carry the weight. I think that's good. I think that's healthy for our church. And, and um, I've already seen it in our kids' ministry as, as parents and, and other leaders are jumping in to help, and that's going to be so awesome to see it develop. And I've seen it in our student ministry how leaders are, uh, are just pouring into these students, and, and, and it, it, everything is sort of is jumping up, and I know that's, um, that's a good thing. And so, um, oh, we got one more slide? Oh, yeah, this was a to-do list on the board. <laughs> Get rid of Kyle. That's been on there for like five years. It's weird. You finally get to check it off. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I know, you're good. Uh, 
I love you guys. We love you guys. Uh, we can't wait to be just continue to be here, but to uh, see where God leads us. Be in prayer for us as we uh, sort of take this journey down uh, a new a new adventure. Uh, we have to raise a lot of money, so that's super exciting. So be in prayer for us with that. Um, if you got like a lot of money just hanging out, if you want to give it to us, that'd be awesome too. But um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, be in prayer for students moved in yesterday and we got to hand out, I think it was like 5,000 cookies to freshmen and just letting them know that we love them. And it was so cool. Um, and so this year's going to be really cool and we can't wait to see what God does in our life. And I appreciate you guys and for all the love and support you've given me. Uh, when we went down this journey, it was like, we don't want to go anywhere because this is our family. And I just, there's so many people in this room that have, I've just gotten to know and to love over the years. And I'm so thankful for y'all. So, uh, Well, on that note, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing another song and uh, take communion. So uh, let's pray. Father God, we are just uh, so grateful for your love, Lord. We're so grateful for uh, the fact that you care for us, that you call us um, somewhere, and often that um, isn't always clear where you're calling us, Lord, or, or all the, we don't have all the answers, Lord, but... Um, God, I pray that like Abraham, you would uh, help us uh, to learn to, to trust you. That you're calling us to the promised land, Lord. And, uh, and so, God, we're so thankful for that. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we love you, and I, I love this church. And I pray that you would just continue to uh, bless this church, Lord. Bless these students, bless these kids, bless these families, Lord. And, uh, and I can't wait to see what you do, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen. So one of the great things about coming into a building week after week and celebrating church together is that um, no matter where you've been during the week or wherever life is taking you, we come in and we take the communion together as one and as one body. And so 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26 says, The Lord Jesus, when he was um, on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so the servers are moving around to their stations. And what we're going to do is um, what we do every week, which is stand and say the Lord's Prayer together. And then after that, um, you're free to move to any of those stations to take the elements just as you feel led. And you can take them there. You can take them back to your seat. And then we just take this moment to rest and to rest in God's presence. So if you will stand and the words will be on the screen behind me. And so we pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.